What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the next shot. Today, we have a very special guest on the podcast, Gabriel Ryder from Movement Towards Improvement. Gabriel is a YouTuber that is starting a new venture in his life, so you get to hear a little bit about his story, his journey, and it's just so much fun to learn about where he was, where he is, and how he got there. And I think it can really help you guys improve your own mindsets and help improve yourselves becoming better and looking for a greater purpose in this life to help others become their greatest individuals. So Gabriel, thanks for the great podcast, my friend. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. And let's get into it. Let's go. So you started up right now, Gabe. Okay. What's up, my dog? How you what doing? What up, Welcome. bro? I'm doing really good. Thank you for having me. Dude, for sure, man. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate you. So what's going on? How was your day and everything? Day was really good. I was just discussing with you how I feel the dynamics of business and money are also associated with the dynamics of women. Mm-hmm. And something I've been practicing a lot in my life, ultimately, is just giving myself the freedom to go after what I want. Yeah. What I'm attracted to. For sure. And for me, which I'm sure a lot of men deal with this, is like the epitome or peak of that is the most sexually attracted female. Mm -hmm. Like the girl that's just the most voluptuous, sensual. And I think for me and a lot of men, those are intimidating women. Oh, 100%. You you don't want to go up to them because you don't want to get just turned down. You don't want to get knocked down. Yeah, and for me, I've always seen myself as more... I guess as a softer feminine person, okay. I'm very into my emotions and my intuition, my feelings. So I, I like my limiting belief was like, I'm not masculine enough because mm-hmm. those women are very like almost have such a strong presence. And so, but once again, it's like I'm drawn and attracted to something like someone might be in business or, or leaving a job or going to a job and they don't even give themselves the permission to go up and ask. Yeah. And what have you started to learn from that experience? Obviously, you're telling me a little bit about encompassing that with sales. And what have you learned about yourself from kind of going through this venture that you're going through right now? I mean, it's ultimately like a very spiritual principle of like, you can't receive unless you ask. Mm -hmm. Like, somebody comes and knocks on my door like my neighbors, I don't open it unless someone knocks. Yeah. So ultimately, there's just different levels to that, meaning like all of us feel comfortable at a certain level of receiving but maybe that perfect life or that perfect women or the amount of money we really want deep, deep down, a lot of us don't even really give ourselves the permission to really ask for that or feel like we're worthy of it. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, I'm just going through different layers of actually feeling worthy of what I truly want. Yeah. And also accepting the responsibility that comes with that. Okay, that's sick. That's interesting. So it's just, from what the sounds of it, you're going through some like more manifestation types things. Like if you can't sit there and ask for something deep down in your own soul and truly believe that you deserve that, you're never going to be able to get that. You're never going to be able to obtain that thing because you don't believe that you deserve it. And that's what I've noticed a lot of times when I was going through. I have a beautiful girlfriend now mm-hmm. that I was fortunate enough. I was always looking at her from afar, and I was like, man, she's she's gorgeous. I can't I, I can't pull that. I, yeah. can't, I can't get that. I actually went up to her one time. This was years ago before we started dating. And I like, hey, what, I got a, I got an issue. She's a trainer, and uh, at the gym I go to, I was like, I got an issue with my knee. Like, do you think like, what what can I do? What can I? She kind of shrugged it off a little bit, and then years down the road, two years down the road, I was like, hey, that was me trying to hit on you a little yeah. bit, and then just didn't pan out. But then we ended up making it work, and it's just funny that if you don't take that shot, you never actually have the opportunity to, to do it. Yeah, and a big thing that you know I've been talking with some of my friends about is the nice guy is actually the dishonest guy mm-hmm. so you doing that it's a dishonest yeah you're coming to her mis, you know with this facade or mask of something else when really you want something else correct and so a lot of men and i'm sure i've done it before is we want something but we're like beating around the bush and we're catering and we're doing this maybe the girl like bails on you or doesn't text you back and instead of saying what you really actually feel is your truth you don't want to lose her, mm-hmm. so you actually, you know, stay in that place of fear and dishonesty. When a man's like, "Hey, I actually find you really attractive, and I like to take you out." Yeah, honesty, hundred percent. So, and then that nice guy's kind of that. Like that makes perfect sense. You're dishonest because you're not saying what's truly on your heart. You're not saying what's truly on your mind. That's interesting. That's a good point. And this is all what manifestation or this reality is to me. Meaning, 
if people can connect to themselves, they know what they want. They know what attracts them. Like me and you, like we might go into a clothing store and there might be five jackets. Mm-hmm. You're going to like a different jacket than me. Uh, you know, like we're going to be drawn to different things. And ultimately, like I was talking to you today about asking this girl for her number is like I'm sitting down eating and all of a sudden this surge of energy comes and it's basically compelling or wants me to go up and ask her for her number. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, especially with this girl, she's a very beautiful girl. Um, and what I've done in the past, and what most people do in business or money or relationships is they resist. And that's when they hold on to like, ah, she, she, her dad's probably like the owner of the store. She's got a boyfriend or she's, you know, whatever. Like you make all this bullshit in your yeah. head because you actually don't want to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. And so ultimately it's just allowing, getting out of the way. It's actually not more doing. It's not more adding on to yourself. It's more of, if anything, a letting go or just allowing the energy that wants to move through you to actually do that. Yeah, that's a, that's a hundred percent. And we obviously the golf podcast. So let's try to relate back back to golf for a second. I've been having this conversation with a lot of my clients lately, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, what if I come to a hole and I have water on the right? What what happens then? I'm like, what happens then? Like, what's the worst possible case scenario? And you start feeling that anxiety. You start feeling that anxiousness. Mm-hmm. You start feeling that pressure that you're going to hit into the water. But really, what's the worst possible thing that's going to happen if you do take that risk and you hit driver where you might not want to hit driver you might want to hit a foreigner you lose the damn golf ball who cares what happens if you ask that girl for a number she says no your life goes on it continues well this is the beautiful thing is you're never going to be disappointed by asking mm-hmm. what you're going to be disappointed by is not asking also relating it back to golf if you step up and you commit to a shot and you hit it and it goes in the water, you're not going to feel bad about that. Mm-mm. If you step up to that same shot and you bail on that bitch and you slice it out of bounds or in the rough or you hook it in the water because you weren't committed and you swung out of fear, that's when you're like, I got in my own way. Yeah, I didn't give myself the opportunity to succeed. And I think the insight and awareness is important. So knowing the insight and awareness of like, I have a fear of bailing left because I'm afraid of hooking it. Mm-hmm. And then I think a big part of it is like actually going out and dropping balls with water on the left and setting up and aiming left and playing a cut away or stepping down the right and playing a draw towards and like getting it through your nervous system, the actual feeling okay in that anxiousness, mm-hmm. feeling that okay in that energy. And kind of to continue with the golf route in a, very, in a somewhat of a similar path, like I was talking to my roommate today, he loves golf. And we're talking about, like, first tee jitters. Yeah. Like, when I was younger, I just shit the bed on the first tee. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, hitting the cars. I'm hitting up here. When people are watching me, there's, like, six or seven people, I, I get out of the moment, and I'm afraid of, like, looking bad, and I hit it like crap. Mm-hmm. My roommate or my best friend, Blair, like, I would literally, as a kid in high school, I, I didn't know it at the time, but, like, if, if, like, a group pulled up on us or we were playing with people... I would literally see my Blair's energy shift when people are watching, and I just knew he was going to hit it good. And he would pipe this bitch 300 yards down the middle, dead center, two-yard draw. And so the difference is, ultimately, I think, in golf and in life, is I had the same feelings on the first tee. And those feelings are uncomfortable to me. Mm -hmm. And where Blair and Mill, they had the same feelings, but they actually embrace it. They're not running away from it. Yeah. and so that's what I think it is. It's just starting to accept the feelings and be present. That's beautifully put. That's beautifully put. I love that. And you have to be okay with those butterflies to be able to succeed at the highest level in whatever you want to do, mm. be it golf, be it life, be it business. You have to be okay with people saying no. You have to be okay with that fear. That fear is tough, man. That fear is tough to get rid of. I, I, I remember... I went and played a tournament. It was in 2016. It was the first time I played in about 10 years, mm. anything competitively. I took a shot at Jameson before I went to the golf course. It's like 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm nervous as shit. I go to the first tee. I'm sitting there. I'm hitting I'm hitting it pretty mm. good. I shot a couple under par the day before and at, at, a, at the golf course I work at with a girl that's trying to play professionally. So I'm feeling good about my game. I'm getting there, and I'm like, I haven't played competitively in so long. So I'm sitting there hitting range balls, hitting it pretty good, get to the first tee and just – I'm like, crap, all right, this is go time. Like, yeah. And it's just, and it was a prequel for the yeah. Phoenix Open. Like, it's nothing mm-hmm. special. Snap hook two out of bounds off the first tee. Mm-hmm. I'm playing with one of the best players in the section, my buddy Derek. And this is my first time meeting Derek. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God damn it. I, and all I did was feel embarrassment. Yeah. And looking back, I'm like, what do you have to be embarrassed about? Yeah. 
you just went out and played golf. You mm-hmm. played like garbage. You shot an easy seven. Yeah. And, like, you might be embarrassed about that situation at this point in time, but, like, what did you learn? What did you get? What did you mm-hmm. grow from that? And once you start to kind of understand that, it's like you're worried about what everybody else is going to think mm-hmm. of you as you're playing these games. It's like it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks because most of these people, nobody knows that I shot 87 of the people that maybe played with me that day and looked at my score that day. Mm-hmm. Like, nobody actually knows. Out of the percentage of the world, there's, like, point, 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 or whatever it is. Like, it's the smallest percentage in the world that actually know I shot 87 that day. Like, who cares? That's kind of where you got to get in that comfort, mm. like, that ability to understand. It's like, it's okay. It's cool. It's cool to screw up. You're going to be fine. Yeah, small percentage who knows. Extremely small percentage who cares. Yeah. And 0% who remembers. Mm-hmm. No one remembers that. Like yeah. a week later, people are on with their lives. They got bills to pay. They got relationship things. They got life. And yeah, it's um, it, it it's just a mental thing. Hundred percent. It's just a mental thing, and I think as coaches, our role is to embody that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and what I wanted to say was the only way to get through those things I feel, is to voluntarily go into them. Yeah. Like. You have to feel those feelings of the fear of rejection or embarrassment and actually go into it. You can't, like, the more you try to protect yourself or, like, eliminate those type of experiences or circumstances from you, the more sensitive you become. Yeah. If you're, like, a UFC guy and you're used to, like, you know, doing jiu-jitsu and fighting, some guy on the street, like, some drunk guy from the bar starts, like, yelling in your ear. You're like, I could take this guy down no matter what. But that's because you've been in those situations so many times of big, being in a physical altercation with somebody, like being in that tension, some Joe Schmo talking crap to you, you're like, you're, you're not uneasy. Mm-hmm. You're not anxious. And so I feel like as a coach, we just hold space for people to go into those uncomfortable places and be like, you're safe. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's awesome. I love it. So what, what has brought you to, I mean, you started the, your company how long ago now? Well, I started making YouTube videos in 2009, golf videos. Mm-hmm. I cre- And I started a movement called PJ Tour Driven. Okay. And then I created Movement Towards Improvement I love back that name, in by the way. That 2013. Name is so dope. This one? Yeah. I appreciate that. I love Thank that. you. Yeah. And the logo's sick, too. Thank you, bro. We got some stickers. We got t shirts. We got wristbands. We're trying to get some, you know, polos and stuff yeah, like that, dope. like golf clothes sometime. But mm-hmm. that's the dream, you know? That's awesome, man. Thank so you. So, what kind of started that process for you? Well, I'm a high school dropout, okay. no GED, um, no member went to college, obviously, never went to the PGO program, never went to the golf academy, and I just went to the golf world. And um, I started making golf videos. Um, a company put on a contest called Almost Golf Balls, and they're like, make a video on how you use your golf ball. Did a trick shot video, won the contest, they gave me a camera for the first place. Yeah. And that's what started me on my journey. And ultimately, I guess I've always just had this deep, innate desire to grow. Mm-hmm. I think as men in the masculine energy, like the penis, it expands. Mm-hmm. Men, we need to expand. We need to grow. They say that like women desire love, men desire freedom. So it's part of our nature to want to continue to grow and expand. And I knew from a young age, being in school, like I fucking hate this place. I don't feel free. I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like I'm expanding. And that's why I kind of resisted the PGA program and golf academy because I felt like it was what you're supposed to do versus what I thought was the best. Okay. So I just PJ tour driven. Like I want to be a PJ tour player. Yeah. And then as you like grow up and you build a little more self-awareness, I'm like, you know what? I'm not a fucking golfer. <laughs> My friend Blair shooting like, you know, 63, 64 is when he's like 16 years old. Mm-hmm. It took me like seven, eight years to be able to shoot under par probably in my low twenties or something, you yeah. know? So I'm like, I'm not a golfer. So I'm like, not trying to get to the PGA tour. That doesn't excite me anymore. Now it's like just becoming the best I can be. So move. I, I don't even remember when I created the name. I just mm-hmm. was probably thinking of names and movement towards improvement. Like it's just more encompassing. It's not about results oriented. It's more about the process and just becoming the best person I can be. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've just always associated that with life. That's why like I think your ability to speak with women is also going to influence your golf game. And your golf game is over here. Like everything is intertwined and interwoven and there's a through line and they all interconnect. So the more confident you are in real life or with business or women, the more confidence I'm assuming it's going to help you be on the course. Yeah, I would agree with that statement wholeheartedly right there. So moving towards improvement. I mean, it, it was birthed for me of me just wanting to live my life and become the best person I can be. And it was in the golf niche. And that's that's really just how it started. That's sick. That's sick. And you just went to a, 
a conference. What was it last week? Two weeks ago? Yeah, it's called an Influencer. Yeah, how was that? It's really good. So my new business, my website, it's called a Golf Influencer. Okay. And ultimately, that's what every human is. Every human is influencer. Mm-hmm. So in some way, yeah, in some, some way, way. Shape, shape or form, for sure. And just because you're on YouTube or Instagram doesn't mean you're influencing in a righteous or true way, authentic mm-hmm. way. Just because someone has a lot of followers, lots of money, lots of likes, doesn't mean they're being authentic, genuine, impacting the world for to be a better place. So influencing maybe comes first from yourself and how you live your life with your own personal friends, coworkers, family, like just with your close circle. And maybe even how you influence yourself personally, like how you treat yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, what you eat, you drink, rest, how you move, just the basic things of how you maintain your own state. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how an influencer should be. I think an influencer should actually work on maintaining themselves, taking care of yourselves, appreciating yourselves, loving yourselves, building yourself up. Then, you know, like try to project that out into your friends and family. Be nice to them, be supportive to them, be unconditional to them. Then take that into your business. Then take that into like people outside to YouTube and Instagram because a lot of these, with these influencers now today, quote unquote, is they're just not authentic and they're not genuine. They want to be famous and they want to, you yeah. know, want the likes and the status and the validation. Um, but it just comes from a little bit more of an egocentric pace for more outside people and results versus like what's in their heart. Yeah. That's the hundred. Like my mom always told me, treat others how you want to be treated. My mom was very mm. big into gospel, very big into religion. Growing up in that background, kind of those morals were instilled upon me at a very, very young age. And it's the way that you're you're speaking towards the influencers. That's the way you need to be. You need to be able to be vulnerable and be open with individuals because everybody's dealing with some of the same shit. And when you when you give these experiences out and everybody like you said kind of are looking for likes and looking for that validation they're putting them out their best selves out not their lowest selves out mm. and when you put your lower self out and you kind of let yourself be vulnerable i've gotten so much good feedback from my most vulnerable posts is mm. like i go through some certain shit in my life and it's like hey this is what i'm going through right now like i know some other people might be going through the same situation and I get more feedback off those ones from people like, hey, man, I really needed to hear that today. Like, I appreciate you just being positive all the time, just being happy all the time. I'm not happy all the time. Nobody's happy all the mm. time. You're scared shitless sometimes. Mm. And it's just like you got to be able to kind of show all these different emotions as anybody that wants to help people get better and, 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 and grow, in my opinion, is you need to be able to show all your different faces and kind of be open to all those different things. And it's huge, man. And you do a great job. I love your stuff, dude. I I was watching some of your uh, some of your snaps. Yeah. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but yeah. I, it's just like it's the energy is always there and the positivity is always there, and it just brings that that motivation to other people. And you do a great job with it. So continue to do that, man. Don't stop. Thank you. And actually, that's actually one of the reasons I left back in two thousand four fifteen. I think um, I just didn't, I didn't feel free in golf. Mm-hmm. That was what that was what it is. I was like, uh, my my membership site was you know pulling in double digits a month. Was just got a clothing deal. Was holding clinics at the Four Seasons. Got a job at Phoenix, um, in at Legacy at the Academy. And this is with no credentials, being the youngest instructor. And I was just peaking. Mm-hmm. And I was with me and my golf Rick Shields. I started yeah. in two thousand nine, and um, things were like just going extremely well. But I wasn't fulfilled, and I didn't feel free in golf. I feel like it's still a country club. Tuck your shirt in. Can't swear. Can't can't be Gary V, which is like my true nature. Yeah. And I was like, you know, for me, for the rest of my life, I have to be in something that I feel free, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons um, I stepped away. And I think that's also like one of my role to play is I, I want to express. I want to be free. I want to be authentic. And when you said lower self and higher self, I might actually change that to like authentic self. Yeah. Everyone wants to be dishonest again. It's yeah. like being actually authentic with what's going on in your life. And another quote I'd share is like, what's most personal is most universal. Mm-hmm. We all go through the same shit. Oh, That's why I talk to you about like women or business. Like it's we're as men, we're all going through the same things. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, authentic. Lower self is authentic. And that's what connects you to people. Yeah. Not that facade and that mask no. of not being authentic. It's actually like sharing those vulnerable emotions with people. Mm-hmm. That's so true. That's a good way to put it too. So, what got you from going from the the golf YouTube into where you're at now? 
obviously you made a big change in kind of your spirituality type yeah. stuff and opened that up a little bit. Kind of tell me a little bit more about those experiences that you might have saw during some of your some of that process and how you got to where you're at now and from that 10 year time frame. I mean, that's that's crazy because that was right when everybody started blasting off on on YouTube and and uh, IG and like you yeah. said, me the move you guys or the uh, yeah, me and my golf guys and they just blew up and it, they do a great job obviously and 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 rick's rick shields right mm-hmm. rick shields. he does a great job with all that stuff but it's cool that you've flipped it and started doing something a little bit more like you said free yeah i mean well my brain was moving towards improvement mm-hmm. that had part of it to do with golf but it was mainly everything with life and golf yeah. was encompassed with that so i this is what i've noticed within myself is as i've gone to new levels and i've expanded it changes things in the outside world. Mm-hmm. When you free yourself internally, you attract a more attractive female or a female that treats you better. Or you, you're no longer, you know, pushing around, afraid of bailing. You hit that bitch down the middle like Ricky Fowler, and all of a sudden you're playing better golf. Yeah. But it comes from that internal shift first. So, I just knew I wasn't in, uh, fulfilled. If if I 100% would had have stayed with it, I'd be a fucking millions of dollars in the bank. Yeah. Easy, easy. You know, within that five year, but that'd be selling my soul for success and money versus mm-hmm. what felt true and a lot of people are like Gabe go back to that like that's that you're doing good like just keep going <laughs> yeah and it was really hard for people to see me cut the cord and I cut it quick like I, I left the channel I sold like 90% of my golf clothes like I left it in an instant mm-hmm. something I worked you know at that six years for at that point oh wow so I went on a journey I was like what am I going to do next yeah and ultimately what I feel like every man should do, at least from my perspective, I was looking at the most successful, happy people on the planet. Gary Vaynerchuk's, the Tony Robbins, Tiger Woods, doesn't matter what genre they're in. Mm-hmm. But I was like, what do these people have? They all say they love what they do. And they like love it. Like they do it for the rest of their lives. And I was like, I don't have that. I wonder if I could find that. Mm-hmm. So that was my quest. Because I'm sure a lot of kids in their 20s are like, I want to find the thing that I love and could wake up every day doing mm-hmm. so go for it so it was the quest of what could I find the thing that I would wake up every day doing and love and I didn't know like you're saying just cut all my money quit my whole business stop I, I didn't go I didn't go graduate high school I didn't go to college I only know golf I've only stoned face angle and path and loft and abduction external rotation lower deviation golf is the only thing I know mm-hmm. So it was like, well, but I, I don't want to do something I don't feel happy and fulfilled. And so a month later, I did ayahuasca, which is a plant medicine. So a month later from cutting that cord and stepping into the unknown, which is a, a principle that people should understand, is like, until you let go of that vine, you can't grab this one. Mm-hmm. And so not until you let go can space be opened up for something new to come in. So a month later, I do ayahuasca have the most profound miraculous experience in my entire life i mean going beyond this dimension going beyond the senses and i never thought that was possible Mm -hmm. not a spiritual person don't believe in chakras and woo woo stuff and i just went beyond the senses beyond this physical world and it it messed me up because the ego is like i don't know what's real anymore what's real what's not real what is this who am i what like all these questions and confusion and chaos came into my being and um I was very sick for a while, and I was just in my room, 18 hours a day, just, just, in in the deep, in the abyss of the psyche. Just everything you thought to be true. Gabriel Ryder, golf YouTuber, instructor, 25 years old, white, male, Caucasian, and I went past the self-image and the uh, identifying with the identity. And um, two months later, I was like, I got to do it again. That was the craziest thing I ever experienced, and I did it again. Experience duality, um, seeing all these sacred symbols, geometry. I'm doing all these type of mudras, different breathing patterns. I'm like cleaning myself, and I'm like the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. Like this shit shouldn't be real. No. Not should not be real. <laughs> yeah. This is not real. This isn't happening. And the shaman was like, "Well, we're going to Costa Rica in a month," and I, I won't go too deep in this, but same thing. Just this is by far. And I, I felt like I was healing on a soul level, which yeah. I never even knew that existed it was possible ultimately i had to cleanse myself like anybody needs to i went to like busting tables and cleaning dishes for almost a year so from making double digits a month without working because you know membership sites where people are paying me money 
I'd wake up and I'd show my roommate I have three hundred dollars in the bank and I haven't even done anything all day. So I'm I'm used to making money not working, to busting tables seven dollars an hour in Scottsdale. You know, taking out the trash, oh, yeah. filling nice buckets, doing dishes for almost a year, and um, I had to go through a lot of cleansing. Like I I wasn't that humble of a person before I left, and and I wasn't. I wasn't as grounded, you know, because part of my fuck school, I'm, I'm dropping out of high school, I'm going to do my own thing. Like, that was a blessing, but it was also a curse because there, there was a lot of ego there. Yeah. And there was a lot of stubbornness. I'm like, I don't need to do it your guys' way. I'm going to do it my way, which is good because it allowed me to go my own route, build my own thing. But that also wasn't integrated, as you're saying, with the opposite end of the spectrum, of like mm-hmm. humbleness, um, you know, humility, groundness, meekness, those type of things. So that's what I was learning, busting tables. Like, I was learning, like... I, I can't really explain to people who like maybe they just haven't gone to that lower levels. I, I grew up in a middle class family and, and so I was pretty comfortable. Yeah. Never had to do those things. Like, I, I mean, I don't know if I should say that. I mean, I, I worked at many golf courses, yeah. cleaning cars, picking balls, oh, yeah. working you, as you a did catcher, the work. you know, but yeah. it was just something interesting of going to that height and going back to busting tables, like going back to zero. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't really explain it was just the best thing that ever happened to me. I was just like, this is exactly what I need. Mm-hmm. I was more focused on my time. I was more focused on my money, like managing my money, managing my time. Like I was hungry to get out of that place. And actually one thing I did, like I never slept on my bed. I had a bed or actually, no, I never bought a bed. So I was busting tables. I never bought a bed. I just slept on the floor. Mm-hmm. I was fucking hungry. I'm like, I don't want to be busting tables forever. Like yeah. I, I got to like get the fuck out of this place, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's a long journey in that four year window of, you know, spending six and a half months in New Zealand, um, Five, uh, six months, six and a half months in Peru, five months in New Zealand, hitchhiking Costa Rica, busting tables, living in a Sedona, Mesa. I just kind of went on my hero's journey of going outside my culture or um, programming and going out into the unknown. Like you're saying, like going into the unknown. I'm, I'm in Peru on a mountain by myself. Like, how am I here? Yeah. How did I get here? I'm in the jungle <laughs> drinking ayahuasca with Shipibo shamans. How did I get here? I'm living in New Zealand with a house full of Koreans. Like, I can't even tell you how hard that process was. Oh, I bet. And so, ultimately, it's led me... Because I always had this deep desire to help people deeply. And when people used to message me when I was a YouTuber, a golf YouTuber, they'd be like, Gabe, what shaft should I put in my hybrid? Like, which club should I use to chip? And, like, I didn't care about that stuff. Like, yeah. that didn't excite me. I didn't really know it per se. I just didn't like care to respond to those people. Mm-hmm. If some kid was like, you know, man, like I feel like I'm letting my dad down because I'm not playing well. That would excite me. Yeah. Something a little bit more. I don't want to say it's per se deeper. It's just maybe a little different dynamic. Probably more into the mental aspect of the game instead of the, in, in, in those type questions. I'm not a big fan of those type questions either because it's just like, first of all, you're a 25 handicap. It doesn't matter what shaft you're going to put yeah. in your hybrid. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the, like what lyingly you're going to be putting in your club that much because you can't even, you can't even break bogey off at this yeah. point in time. You need to learn how to lo- use your tools, but you get that kid that's 12 years old that his dad's been beating him over the head for the last six years of how to play competitive golf and he's mm-hmm. going through an emotional aspect of things. Like You want to be able to nurture those people and, and grow those people. And that's yeah. kind of, it, it's, it's a good way to, it's a good way to go about it, for sure. It means a lot more coming from you mm-hmm. than, hey, what shaft should I put in there? I'll yeah. grab a stiff one. Yeah. <laughs> like. So I guess as you go through these new levels of expansion or growth, I see life reflecting back to me new things. So right now, like, I was somebody that always did my own thing. I created my own brand. I created my own movement. I got people from all across the world to buy stuff from Tokyo and Canada and Ireland and Australia. And I built something and I was able to sustain myself back 2015, 14. Like I did that. Mm -hmm. And now like the thing that excites me the most as I've been growing, let's say spiritually as a human, is I've been really focusing on what it means to be a man. I'm like a man leads. Like a man takes his life into his own hands. He becomes more sovereign. Like can't rely on somebody else to pay me what I feel like I'm worth or tell me what to do and when to do it. That, that's necessary. It's necessary to bust tables. It's necessary mm-hmm. to clean cards. But I think most men want that expansion and that freedom. Like, I want to be able to go to Bali if I want to. I want to be able to go to Peru and drink plant medicine if I want to. I want to be able to do these things if I want to. And so it's a beautiful thing because if you want those things, you have to create a service and impact more people. That's the name of the game. Yeah. The more people you can help and the deep, the be- the more you can help bring transformation, the more you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. So because it's like in my nature to do those things, I'm like, what excites me the most is to help men c- 
create and lead movements, share their authentic story, give their unique service, and connect to the right souls. Mm -hmm. Golf instructors, building their brand, being in business on YouTube. I want to help a man impact the world in a better and more broader way. Scale what they do. If you're already a golf instructor and you already have value, you've already got those skill sets, all you have to do is put it online and you serve more people. 100%. It's really simple. It's not hard. Now, instead of one person on the range you're teaching, you're teaching 2,000. Mm -hmm. Okay? So now, if a certain percentage of those people decide to give you money for online lessons or people are going to come to you now personally or for a membership site, you just now created more abundance for yourself. Mm -hmm. And with that abundance, you create more freedom. And, and what's really cool, because the three people that signed up for my course are all older than me. One just had a baby a week ago. One just had a child like within this last year. And the other one's a father. So fathers are coming to me and they're like, I want to be able to provide for my family and have the freedom to, you know, be with my child. Yeah. Fucking big. Yeah, it's huge. So for me, it's like the most exciting thing is like, let me like, I want to legitimately help a man create a more expansive and abundant life for him or his family. Mm -hmm. That, I don't think that there's anything better than that. Yeah, that's cool. So that's where kind of it all brought me to is just a deeper level of like, and this is who I've always been. I'm a presentator, I'm an entertainer, I'm a teacher. Like, I've just become, as I've grown up, I just become more in alignment of who I've always been. Because mm -hmm. once again, you shed all that stuff you're not, and you become, you become and gain this self-awareness. And um, yeah, it feels really good. Like, I feel like this is what I was born to do. That's awesome. And there's nothing else, uh, I, like, this is gonna come the easiest to me. Yeah. That's nothing, like, imagine you getting paid doing the thing that comes easiest to you. Yeah fucking game changer it's a beautiful thing that's how it should be that's how it actually should be that's how that's everybody that ever talks about anything it's like find what you love and do that for a living mm. it doesn't matter if you make forty thousand dollars a year or if you make four hundred thousand yeah. dollars a year be happy if you're happy you're healthy and you're doing the thing you love that's what that's what life's all about that's where people find their their passion their purpose mm. their purpose in this game this perfect in life in general mm. and it's like we're always out there and from my own experiences the reason one of the reasons why i just left the the place i'm at is i didn't feel like i had a purpose there it was nice going out there and making a couple hundred dollars teaching yeah. and doing all that stuff but and getting those people excited about golf and that's what i enjoyed most about my job and then standing in the golf shop for six seven hours a day answering phones for mrs hammock asking about the the rates and yeah and what overseeding yeah. is, I'm like, that's not an enjoyable experience. And I did it for a very, very long time. Mm -hmm. And going through that process and kind of going through the emotions that I'm going through mm. at this point in time, excuse me, <clears throat> it's crazy because I grew up at this place. I grew up at this, uh, this operation. Mm. And it's it's made me the person that I am now, but it's made me drive to the to the, the process that I'm trying to go through and better myself as an individual. And that's why I kind of started this podcast. Mm with my buddy Jeff and we're trying to make a difference in people's mindsets but also in people's lives and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on because you just speak speak that truth and it's, it's it's what golfers need I think more than anybody it's just crazy how negative golfers come in and how they are and the the the, the all the bad things they think about and they, yeah. they do on a golf course it's like yeah I think it was uh P and Lynn from Vision 54 that we remember three to one, mm -hmm. three bad shots to one good shot. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any sense. Why do we always go that route to to be negative and be yeah. always in that negative mindset and then allow yourself to remember those three bad shots or three good shots and then one bad shot. And if you hit the bad shot, smile. It's not that big of a deal. You just hit a bad shot. This is crazy, especially when you're teaching. When you're teaching golf, it's, it's, it's hysterical to see people out there and hit one bad shot and they get so mad at themselves. Yeah. I'm like, relax. You're playing golf. You're hitting a golf ball. It's sunny out. It's beautiful. You just hit four good ones in a row, then you hit one garbage one. Who the hell cares? Who are you trying to impress? Me? I'm here to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's just interesting. It's interesting when you kind of go into the depths of the golf mind and... and just myself in general. I I remember looking back at my own mm. my own individual self and it's like, man, why are you so hard on yourself? Yeah. So it's cool. I love it. It's a it's a reflection of probably how people's filters are and how they see life. Mm -hmm. There's billions of people with a B that have never seen a golf course, never yeah. will see a golf course, can never play a golf course. The fact that you have a fucking car 
that has air conditioning you can put your iPod into your iPhone and drive to a course and hit golf balls is a fucking miracle. Mm -hmm. You are living better than billions of people on other parts of the world. That you that if you you have to come back to that groundedness of like yeah. I'm so grateful I can smell the grass. I, Perspective. I can see the flies. Like I get to roll a ball and hit it. And you know we've been me and my roommate have been talking about our friend who plays college golf and it's like you can't play good golf when you're focused on like all the results and your and your parents and the school and you wanting to get on the PG tour all this stuff that doesn't care about you just enjoying the game mm -hmm. and being grateful you get to play the game and as coaches and like people at this affluence event I, all I'm doing is I'm calling people up to, 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 to acknowledge more of their self-worth like you can be healthy you can be wealthy that's all they're doing they're like hey I want to be rich in, in health and love and money and, and live a good life. It, and, like, I know for myself it's scary to say those things, to actually to claim that and be like, I, I do want that. Mm -hmm. And so as coaches, we just we just got to help people, like, come back to that of, like, yeah. just enjoy it. Like, and, and, it, and it's helping people in a deeper way than they probably even know, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'll add two things kind of backtracking now that I remember. Yeah, go for it. I wrote a, like, if you look up the etymology of passion, I think it's, like, passio, something like that, and it means suffer. So I made an Instagram post, and I was like, passion is what you're willing to suffer for. Mm -hmm. And uh, something Tom Billy said at that event was, you know, success is not guaranteed, but the struggle is. So you're going to suffer in life. You're going to have hard times. You're going to go through test trials and tribulations, the belly of the whale, the abyss, the cave. You want to make sure you're doing something that's worth doing it for. Like, if you're at the course, guess what? If that was, like, your dad's course that started that and you wanted to help the family out, you might not like it, but you're like, it's meaningful to me. Mm -hmm. This is, like, a family thing, and I want to carry this legacy. Same job, same, like, doing the same things. Mrs. Harriet, how's it going? But you're like, has a meaning to you now? And so it's, it's really important as a man to lead yourself in your life and what you want or your family to find the thing you're willing to suffer for because you're going to suffer. Yeah. You might have ups and downs. You might have to go back down to zero. But when you're doing something you feel called to do, the results don't matter because you're in alignment. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. That's awesome. Very, very cool. And this is who I am. I love it. So I don't have I, to, like, memorize these things. No, I don't have to. This is all off the, this is all off the dome. This is all I think about. This is all off the dome, baby. Let's go. This is all I think about. <laughs> Every day, all day. Yeah. This is what I think about. And so what I'm trying to call men to do is what are the thing that you think about all day and how you do it? Because this is the thing. There's hundreds of golf constructors around here. But Kurt, you're unique. And Andy's unique. And Mitch is unique. And Jim's unique. You guys are all unique. But you have to be able to communicate that uniqueness. Mm -hmm. You can't all say, like, we're all going to help you with the game, shoot lower scores, hit the ball farther. Now no one's different. So that's why you need to be able to, like, know how you're different. Mm -hmm. Know what makes you unique. Knowing your authentic story and what got you here and what you got you into the game. And then, like, knowing how you guys do things differently, how you communicate differently, how you, like, go about the game differently, how you teach people differently. And everyone's going to be attracted or resonated to different people. 100%. Some people are going to love Gary Vee's uh, energy or message. Some people are like, he's obnoxious. I can't stand that guy. Yeah. But um, Brendan Burchard, who's a little bit softer, a little bit more smiley, like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah. And so it's just about being our authentic Actually, self. Yeah, there's a good one with uh, Gary Vee and Jay Sheshi. Yeah, Jay Shetty, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, It was a podcast between the two of them. They actually yeah. had a very similar conversation. It's like one fan just said, fuck Gary V. This guy's way better. Yeah. And they said the exact same thing, just two completely different ways. And you got to be, like you said, you got to be your authentic, authentic self. And that's the reason why there is no one way to teach golf. And also when you're your most authentic self, you actually attract people that resonate with that. But what's important for businesses and men is you actually repel other people. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Because when you really stand up for something, which I go back to the penis, penis stands up for something. Mm -hmm. It's not neutral. It's not trying to please everybody. It's saying, this is how I fucking express myself. And like Gabe, like if I want to talk about penises and vaginas with how I'm correlating <laughs> golf or business, that's yeah. what feels most good to me. Yeah. Some people are like, Gabe's just always talking about sexual <laughs> stuff. Like, so he must have something there. But that's just how I relate it to because I'm always looking at things from an Eastern philosophy of feminine and masculine energy. And yeah. I see everything being in a balance of that polarity. So that's just me. I'm not trying to get people that don't like me. I'm not trying to please people that wouldn't resonate with how I just naturally am. I don't want to change myself for other people. 
And so that's what I'm pushing people with golf influencers. You can be yourself, but actually, you actually have to know yourself. You have to actually know what makes you different and give yourself to have the freedom to be that. And then what the masculine does is it brings it into order. Mm-hmm. It has to be clear. It has to be concise. I help men create and lead movements, share their authentic story, give their unique service, and connect to more souls. I help golf instructors build a brand being in business on YouTube. You ask most people what they do, can't fucking tell you. That or it just sounds like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So then what separates you? And so I have to get people to connect to themselves first to figure out like how they do things differently. What do they feel called to do? I don't want to do trick shots. I don't want to do you know, other things that other people are doing that's getting more views and subscribers. I'd rather get like 1,000 to 3,000 views or less talking about men having a mission, message, and movement. Actually, you taking the balls and courage to leave, build your own thing, and make it happen. And this is the fucking crazy thing, Kurt. <laughs> this is the fucking craziest thing. It's super simple. So, like, I created a golf influencer thing. Never been created before in life. Never existed. Yeah. I, I created a service that I made up. Doesn't exist. I made it up. Yeah. Literally made it up. And I asked people, would you would be interested? And, and so, I, for me, I've gotten $2,500 in the last two months. More than what I would have made. Created as something, and I asked people, mm-hmm. hey, would you be interested? It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I that's how I found you. You reached out and you're like, "Hey, would you be interested in YouTube stuff? Like, learn how to yeah. do YouTube stuff." I'm like, "I'm kind of fucking around with some YouTube stuff right now, but I'll let you know if I need any help." And then I started following, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this dude's pretty dope. Let's get him on the podcast. Let's talk." So I love it, man. I, I love it, y'all, for sure. And this is what's fun. This is what's fun is just having these conversations and learning more about individuals, and that's one of my favorite things about just starting this process. Is I just like talking to people, I like learning about people. I like understanding people. It's one of the things that I think makes me a better golf coach because I actually ask questions that people don't ask their students. And yeah. It's one of, the, one of the more fun things is actually learning about individuals, mm-hmm. learning their journeys, learning their processes, learning how they learn. Like, if you don't know those things, how can you coach somebody? Yeah, and what you're doing too, what's going to help you from a marketing standpoint is like a, th- a thing that I've done really well is like association. Mm-hmm. So I see you doing videos with Martin Chuck and Gabriel Wire. So when you position yourself or your brand, and you're the person that's talked with Martin Chuck or Gabriel Ryder and all these, t- Andy, Jim, and Mitch, it starts building your credibility and status because you're now the guy that's associated with all these great people who've interviewed them and learned from them. And it adds more value to what you bring to the table to be able to listen and gather all these different perspectives that you can use at different times for different people, mm-hmm. different settings. That's it. That's it. I'm just trying to help other people get better while doing it myself. <laughs> Imagine if you could make a living doing that in an abundant way yeah but you got to step out and be able to like you're saying take that responsibility on because now you know like it it, it is courageous i mean like yeah no one pays me no one gives me a check nope um but guess what the more risk you take the more potential because now i can get i can like there's no one holding me back Mm -hmm. the capacity the limit to do whatever the fuck we want we can do our own wristbands no one can say like nike or adidas can be like "Ah, we don't really we're not we're not gonna do wristbands right now we can build our own stickers like there's so much more freedom here and creativity yeah gotta you gotta do a little bit more legwork build that base and foundation but i mean what else would you rather be doing it's a long journey it's a long journey man you just gotta keep putting that work in i love it yeah, Simon Sinek, he just came out with a new book, and it's about, like, finite games and an infinite game. Okay. So, like, one round would be a finite game. There's, like, there's like I forget how he, how he said it, but there's known players, known objectives, and a clear result or something. Like, you know, like, it's, it's a start and an end. Mm-hmm. Business never ends. Infinite game. Your life, improvement, growth never ends. No. So that's the kind of like thing, like people want to get caught up on the money and they want to have the financial freedom and the security and that abundance, which is cool. But understand this is a infinite game of how you can make the world a better place. And the Tony Robbins and the Brennan Burchards and the Tiger Woods is whoever, like the people that receive the most are the people that give the most back to the world. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to like, I tell people like, I'm not teaching you to get, go viral or be trendy. I'm teaching you how to like, I want you to impact people with a real service have that substance and that depth or else and if you can actually do that like if i can take a golf instructor like a mike pitt that i'm working with and fucking get him up with a youtube channel get him up with gathering a database get him up making an offer and now getting his rent covered for him and his wife or his kid or being able to take time off or if he gets sick or if he needs to work on something else and has that 
I fucking just... You won. I fucking won. Yeah, it's a win right there. That's it's a huge win. That's a fucking... Uh, uh, there's nothing that seems even better than helping a man do that. That's my touchdown. That's mm-hmm. my shooting a hoop. That's my goal. That's me trying to shoot 65 for the first time. Yeah. And it excites me, so it motivates me to do it. And it pushes me, because I'm literally building something that's never been created. So I'm meditating on authentic alignment. I'm meditating on how can I actually take somebody... Who has who who has something, but it's not put together. Mm-hmm. It's not ordered. It's not structured. It's not clear. It's not concise. They don't know how to give it to the world. They don't actually offer something and build something. And so I'm racking my brain, fucking every day, from creating a brand to like actually presenting yourself right to creating a YouTube channel to call to actions to emails and databases, opt-in offers, sales videos, copy, separating yourself. I'm trying to figure out like. I'm doing what I did with Movement Towards Improvement, my old golf instructional site. I'm doing it again from a conscious place. Mm-hmm. I actually did all that shit without even knowing what I was doing. I was just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm like, what's the step-by-step system and sequence that people would have to go through to build that foundation that would give them the best opportunity for that? Mm-hmm. And becomes, what the masculine does, becomes very conscious. I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what you need to do, and I'll put you through a framework that does that which most of the time is what holds most people back is the unknown, which is the feminine. It's very ambiguous. They're like, I don't know where to start. I'm like, you could just go on Google and YouTube and look it up, motherfucker. Start. I didn't know how to start a golf influencer. Yeah. It's just started. And so, you know, I'm just trying to help guide people through that, but people need that clarity and direction, which is a masculine principle. Masculine mm-hmm. is clarity and direction. So when you're saying, listen, I'm going to teach you how to get clear on your mission, message, and movement. Like what's inspired for me wants to come out. I'm going to teach you how to integrate that into your YouTube channel how to build your brand, and then actually how to create a business and make it profitable and sustainable, now these guys are just like fucking... Yeah, yeah. let's go. Like, <laughs> I just came in my panties game. Yeah. How much money Pitch is it? Tip. I'll sell my house. <laughs> like, well, yes, you will. It's expensive. Yeah. Um, another quick thing. Someone just said, like, people don't pay attention if they don't pay. Yeah. People have to pay for the golf lessons. I don't... You Like, if people want to work with me, you got to pay. Because... Mm-hmm. People don't value things they don't pay for. Yeah, it's actually, so I did, uh, have you heard of Ziva Meditation? Ziva. Mm-hmm. Uh, to Emily Fletcher, I think her last name is. Okay. But she made this process called Ziva Meditation. I tried, uh, what was it? Uh, Headspace, I think okay. the app's called. I've heard of that. And I tried Headspace, yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool, and I tried yeah. it and tried it, and then I went to uh, the Design Your Life by Aubrey Marcus, and yeah. I put on, and she was one of the speakers there, and I was like, I'll, I'll check this out, and I read her book. And then ended up like, cool, I'm going to try this even meditation. It's $499. Mm-hmm. I paid, I invested it. Yeah. I did all this other stuff prior without paying for it. And I never put the fourth the effort because, yeah, whatever, it's just free. And then I invested $500. I'm like, I better fucking do it. I better work. I better start putting the process in because what's the point of that $500 I just spent if I don't actually want to get something out of it? And it's been a crazy, meditation's huge. It's been a big big help in my life and in that process and i'm just really getting into that spirituality mm. type stuff i started doing some reiki last year yeah and that helped me out kind of clear some stuff up yeah. and get some get me going on the right processes but i'm turning 31 in a week about a week mm. and it's been the biggest growth of my life this last year just more spiritually and learning myself and understanding myself a little bit mm. more in depth my whole last the 10 years prior to that drinking and chasing women mm. that was about it it was a waste of time, but it was a good time. Mm. It wasn't. I can't say it was a waste of time. I learned a lot. Yeah, it was just a. It's a different process, for sure. What's um? Yeah, I think everything is necessary and valid. You know, and mm-hmm. what has meditation helped you with? And I'll I'll talk about how I've gotten into meditation. So meditation has helped me just be able to listen, mm-hmm. just sit back and not be so gung ho on certain things. A lot of times I had a tendency to jump in and kind of not truly listen to individuals and just kind of jump into a certain process instead of being patient, allowing things. Especially, like, if you bring it back to instruction, if you say the first thing that you see, you're probably teaching the person wrong. Mm. If you see... If you see one shot and they do a certain thing and you already kind of you already know what you want to tell them, yeah. you're not truly looking at the whole picture. You're not truly mm-hmm. looking at the whole process. You're not truly looking at the the cause of what's causing them to have all these different shot shapes mm-hmm. and having all these different misses. And like, what's your misses? All right, now I know kind of what I'm looking for. All right, I'm going to watch you hit golf balls for the next 15 minutes. Not say a word. Mm-hmm. So you're listening. You're being observant. And you kind of be able to be patient in that process. And you say the one thing, it fixes everything, and then you're good. Mm-hmm. 
and if you're if you go if you go into it, especially as a young instructor, that was one of my things that I I suffered with. It was just jumping in right away and saying the first thing I thought of that mm. I was like, this is gonna fix everything, and then I was just doing it to kind of set me down. It's brought me to a little bit slower process, a little bit slower aspect, and kind of just nothing's moving slower. It's just I'm seeing things at, at, at a better pace, and it kind of reminds me going back into my basketball days. Whenever I had a really good game, the game came to me slower. Mm. This is the same thing. I've been like meditating this whole conversation mm-hmm. because I naturally think about so many things, study so many things that you'll you'll be having a conversation and you'll, you'll say seven things that I could go off like and just go on a whole rant about. Mm-hmm. So I also have the same tendency. Well, while you're talking, I actually have like a mantra that's part of a meditation practice I have where I'm like, I am now in this and I focus on my breath. So I'm trying to do that too because you'll spark something and I just want to go on a whole because I'm a speaker. Mm-hmm. I want to speak. I'm like a Gary Vee motherfucker. Oh, I just yeah. want to fucking ramble. So I have to be very conscious and while you're speaking, I'm literally in my mantra just calming my nervous system down to be conscious and present versus like wanting to jump in start talking about something because that's what i naturally oh, yeah. have that tendency to do so yeah that's really big i think for me i'm i've been going through a process of chronic pain so you know my body the last two years specifically lots of pain and it kind of ebbs and flows between you know different peaks of pain and different thresholds i should and different intensities mm-hmm. So I started to get into meditation because of that, um, where I'm like an intense pain. And before what I would used to happen when I'd be intense pain is I'd be really afraid. I'd be like, how long is this going to stay for? If this is ever going to get better, how's it going to get better? What do I have to do to get better? How much money is this going to cost me? Like, what am I going to do? Like I'm 20, 28 at the time. Like I can't work. I can't do anything. I'm just laying in bed all day in pain. And like my, my dad, my parents, they, they, they don't take themselves take care of themselves as much. They have no pain. They have lots of energy. And I'm like, how is somebody like me who takes such good care of himself so tired and so much pain? And so all these thoughts and are going on in my head. Then my then emotionally, I'm like angry. And I'm fucking confused. And I'm fucking lost. And I'm like upset and I'm bitter. And I'm like, I don't want this. I'm fucking 20. I want to go do shit. I want to achieve. I want to fucking grow. So I, I started studying, like I started listening to my intuition, which led me to meditation, which ultimately allowed me to just feel without all the mental, the, the mental stuff's gone. So I don't have those fears because it just makes it up. Mm-hmm. It'd be like um, you on the tee and you're just thinking you're a slice in the water. It's just completely made up. It's fantasy. You might strike the bitch right down the middle. Yeah. It's just made up. So all these thoughts are just made up. There's no basis off reality. And then all those emotions, feeling bitter, angry, upset, confused, lost, sad, those don't help you. Those don't make you feel better. Those don't help you get out of that place. So by learning to be conscious and present with what the, with my pain without judging it or not wishing it wasn't there or having resistance to it, I was able to gain a lot more peace. To gain a lot more peace. Yeah, that's and, huge. And that's when you don't suffer anymore. Like pain is physical, suffering is mental. Mm-hmm. So I might have physical pain, but I'm no longer suffering. Cause now I'm not worried. I'm not anxious. I'm not afraid. You know what I'm, what I'm saying? So, and this is what ultimately a lot of people have to do because what meditation does, and there's many different types of ways to meditate, but it teaches you to become conscious so that you can respond instead of react. Mm-hmm. Most people are getting in a place, they get charged, they get triggered, and they're, they're anxious or they want to bail left in the water, and they're just reacting, and they bail right. Where somebody is aware of like, oh, I'm scared right now, or like, I know I'm scared of talking to that girl. And we become conscious and we respond. We're like, no, I'm going to step up and I'm going to ask her. So you just, you kind of build space between the programming and the loops that keep you in that place for so long. And you're able to kind of create a little bit of distance and then make a new choice mm-hmm. instead of going with that energetic pattern. Yeah. That's a really, and it's, it, when you were talking there, it reminded me of just watching Tiger. Mm. Tiger is a player that, grew up kind of with his mom's culture mm. obviously kind of that middle eastern yeah uh a buddhism or buddhism something, yeah. and, and 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 you can see it in his game mm. because he really doesn't allow anything to come in and and and, and have anxiousness and you, you might have saw it in some practice when he was not feeling healthy and he didn't yeah. feel great when he played that one year at the uh the phoenix open and he was just suffering from chronic back pain mm. and literally I never seen Tiger miss hit a chip and I saw him miss hit like 15 chips that mm. one round and that was like the only time I, I, I felt like he was 
not a hundred percent present in that in in his golf. And this weekend, have you seen any of the tournament this weekend so a far? Bit, yeah, he looks he looks like he's he's in that moment again. I don't know if it's just being overseas right now or getting that opportunity to play the skins game. But his mind, his his swing, his swing always looks good. But his mind just looks like he's ready to win again. Mm. And I'm scared for everybody else on the PGA Tour right now. <laughs> he's got it inside of him, right? Yeah, he knows it. And what came to my mind, it's hard for me to like relate stuff to golf because I don't think about golf, you mm-hmm. know. And I cut the cord, so like I I played maybe like three times this year, maybe fifteen times in the last four mm-hmm. years. Um, but what came to my mind is surrender. So a lot of times we get injured, right? And usually an injury in itself is showing you that you're overdoing something. You're, you're trying to do your personal record too many times or to too high of a weight. Mm-hmm. There's a certain threshold that you can push past. But now if you're running 10 miles every day, 100 days in a row, all of a sudden something might break down. Mm-hmm. So when we get injured, people want to like, especially athletes, especially the people who want to be the best, they want to get back out there and they want to compete and they want to win at all costs. And so what happens is sometimes if you try to get back too early and you don't actually surrender to the present moment and what it's calling upon you to do to rehabilitate and to recuperate, you just further injure yourself, Mm -hmm. which is maybe why Tiger Woods didn't win a major for 11 years. Just not really ever, and we're speculating, and maybe he didn't do this, but just for anybody else, not giving himself the amount required and necessary to fully heal. Mm -hmm. Could be a two or three year process. And to the ego that wants to achieve and grow and break records, it's hard to really surrender yeah. that 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 control. Like, I want this. I want to make 100K this year. Yeah. I want to get this many clients this year. But it's like you can't get to that point if you're not fully present now and doing what's doing just you going to a new course or you starting a podcast at the at the bottom, you know? You, you got to start here and work your way back. So it's just that surrender of, like, what life's calling upon you. Mm-hmm. And maybe, like, you need to bust tables. Yeah. And, like, when I was busting tables, I would be busting tables and I would be saying to myself, I'm the best fucking buster in the world. Mm-hmm. No one busts tables better than me. No one cleans di- like dishes better than me. Like, wherever you're at, you should be trying to be the best you can at mm-hmm. that place. Because if you're angry or bitter or disappointed being in that place, you ain't going to fucking go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay there and just be miserable the whole entire time. Yeah. And I got stories for days, meaning, like, I was at that place, and I ended up getting a free trip to New Zealand. Oh, so busting tables. So I... I could go out a whole nother, like, you know, <laughs> long story now. Busting tables, I got a free... Actually, guy said, I want you to go do dishes for me in New Zealand. That's what he said. I went and, bust table. I went and did the dishes in New Zealand for him. That's sick. So you don't know, but when you have that energy and you're bright and you come in with a good attitude, people like me and you, other leaders and elders, we, we, like, we can see that. And mm-hmm. I can acknowledge, I'm like, oh, this fucker's actually trying. Like, he's actually putting in effort. And I, fuck, I will promote you or I'll elevate you or I'll call you in or I'll take you somewhere else because I can see... When somebody cares mm-hmm. that's beautiful man i love it it's been a good conversation i appreciate you taking the time hey i love uh, it brother Thank i appreciate you. you dude yeah so let, let, let's let the people know where they can find you obviously the golf influencer the new company and all that stuff yeah. how can they reach out to you how can they get started how can they learn more how can they grow how can they get better with you yeah i think versus like i got my youtube channel up you know you movement towards improvement on youtube um, Instagram, I'm doing a lot of like more personal, intimate things with stories and posts, something stuff a little bit more meaningful to me. That's movement towards improvement too. So those two are the main thing. Golfinfluencer.com if you want to be interested in becoming an influencer, building your brand, being in business online. And ultimately, I feel like I, this has just to be said, which is like keep trying to improve yourself with your knowledge and wisdom and your skill sets because a lot of people are just trying to help people they, they haven't built that value yet mm-hmm. like like imp- like grow in something like stick to a study or find what that thing you want to do go on that quest but like really genuinely put your aim and focus towards service value and giving i think for a man the the highest form of living is living in service to each other for a cause greater than ourselves and i if you're 20 25 that should be your goal your goal should be, how can I help the tribe? How can I help the community? How can I use my talents, gifts, and abilities to best impact the world? That's What else are you going to fucking do? You want to live for yourself? You want to live for your own gain? Cool, because guess what? It's not going to be fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Listen, look at the Mac Millers. Look at the people who have everything. Beautiful girl. Like, they're in their talent. They're like, it's just crazy and it's sad that, we, that these people have so much and are so empty inside. So I, I personally preach, because it's what I've done, like, seek the kingdom of heaven first. 
I'm not Christian. I'm just thinking like seek peace, seek fulfillment, seek your own path and road and everything else. Like Joseph Campbell said, like unseen hands will come and help you. Mm-hmm. Like doors will open up. Like it's just synchronicity happens on in ways that only people who actually go into the unknown can experience. That's awesome. I love that too. That's, uh, I mean, it's 100% accurate in what you're trying to say or what you are saying, excuse me. And you have to be able to be open to those things. If you're not open and you close yourself off, you're never going to be able to get anything from them. So very well put, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for the time today. This has been a fun conversation. Thank you, Big Kurt. Big Kurt. let's go. In the building, appreciate you. (laughs) I love it, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. Make sure if you've been listening to the podcast that you leave a rating and subscribe to whatever channel that you're listening from. So we greatly appreciate all the help and all the feedback to help make this podcast the best podcast on the face of the planet. Let's go, guys. Let's get better.